Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 28. In this episode, we are covering chapters 14 through 18 from the book Six of Crows. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi sabayenyi, casters. Hey, y'all. How is everybody doing? Hopefully better than me. Well, but before we get into that, yes, <laughs> let's say our thank yous and welcomes. Uh, so our cities, we have Acacia Gardens, Australia. Woohoo! And next is Islamabad, Pakistan. And Love y'all. Fortaleza, South America. Thank you all so much for thank listening. You. It means a lot. We and- had hundreds of yeah. downloads last week. So thank you all. Yes, that is very weird. But probably quarantine impacted as well so (laughs) no it's because we're awesome and everyone loves us that too we also would love to thank everybody that's joining us on youtube this um started out as an audio podcast if you would like to get caught up if this is your first time viewing or hearing our voices and you'd like to get caught up on where we are and what's been going on then just go right over to grishacast.com where you can go and Hear all our past episodes. We actually, if you go all the way to the beginning, we started at the Shadow and Bone series, and we we done that. That's in the past. It is. We got that. We did all three books, and now we started this. So, very exciting. It New is. step. It is, and we're like halfway through. So, yay! It's crazy. It is crazy. I was thinking about that the other day, just how far we're getting into it, and like soon we're going to be starting Crooked Kingdom. Yeah. Which is really exciting. I just can't wait till we get to King of Scars. You keep saying that. Well, because I read that <laughs> once. I've only read it once. Okay. And like, I'm just excited to go back to that. Just because you'll see. Okay. You'll see all that. So you've ha- so <laughs> you have had a lot going on, Miss Thing. Yes. And the reason why this is behind our schedule is my fault. Um, it is not your fault. <laughs> well, it's because of me. It's been a week, y'all. It's been uh, quite a week. 2020 has not been kind to me. Yes, I would like to say that (laughs) nobody can say anything about 2020 until you talk to Terry because she has had it. I mean, I love her to death. She's my girl, but like poor (laughs) thing has had a rough 2020. It has been rough. Um, We're not going to talk about the past, like past last week, but this week um, we had a Dorito, which my 16 year old likes to call Dorito. Um. So we learn a new word. It's mm-hmm. basically really strong winds, and it does like a tornado type like damage. Exactly. Uh, but it's more widespread, and it's not just like in one straight line like from a tornado. So, um, yeah, every tree in my yard exploded, landed on my house. I have roof damage. Have to get a brand new roof. Ten thousand dollars worth of damage on the property. Jeez. Um, that was not fun. Didn't no. have electricity for a lot of the week. Because there's line, there was lines down just everywhere, just live. Yeah. Um, and so we we mostly got that cleaned up, got the insurance people taken care of it. That is the most adult thing I think I've ever done in my entire life. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do, girl. You got this. <laughs> um, and then we get the electricity back, and I'm feeling all right. And I come to record on our normally regularly scheduled day, and I didn't make it here. No. Because I got into a car accident. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Little yeah. banged up, little sore. Like, I feel like, you know, like when you work out really hard and like your muscles ache, it's like that from like head to toe. 
I like hit my head and the airbag went off and everything. So I just, I'm not feeling great. And I'm, I'm worse off mentally than anything else because I just, I wanted to stay home in like a little bubble and just like nothing else happened. It no shakes more. you. Those accidents are horrifying no matter what kind of, like whether it's a crazy huge accident or just even a small like fender bender, like they're still scary and they shake me. Like, I mean, I've gotten in a couple myself, but. That's the first accident I've ever been in. I've been a passenger in, okay. in an accident, but I've never, it's never been me driving. Gotcha. So it was, um, yeah, I, uh, today I was going to take a different route and then I was like, nope, I'm going to go the same route because I will have to drive by that many other times. Yeah. So I'm just going to do it. Face your fear, girl. Yep. And I did it and I drove. You're here. Like insanely, <laughs> insanely safe. I mean, I always drive safely, but it was. More cautious than oh, yeah. normal. Oh, yeah. Everyone stay away from me. Don't get near me. <laughs> Terry's doing the um six feet, stay six feet away from her car. Yes, as well, I mean exactly. We're, we're, we're making social distancing uh-huh. is going. We're expanding the bubble. A Safety little bit. distance. Thank you very much. I cannot. I am going. I am never. In the words of Tiger King, I am never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> uh, it's been a lot. I know. And so my poor car is now sitting in some lot somewhere, and we're deciding on what's going to happen from there. So that brings in new possibilities. New car excitement. Sure. Lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, you're going to smell that new car smell again. (laughs) Am I? I don't know yet. It's something to look forward to. We'll see about that. Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're safe. And... Thank you to everybody also that, like, I mean, we posted, I think, on Friday saying sorry because of everything. And thanks for everybody that was so sweet to, like, yes. I mean, everybody saw that and, like, they responded. And we're just glad you're ha- we're you're okay. That's the main thing. I mean, you're okay. That yes. was a... I am okay. That is... You're going to get through it. You got this. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> it's just a lot. Well, at least you've got things to distract yourself. Yes. Like... Grishaverse. Yay! There's lots of things. <laughs> there are lots of things. And I, I, I wanted to, I didn't want a lot of time to go by before we came back to do it again. So well, it was there for you if you needed it. That was the most important thing. Yes. So, and also another thing I'd like to do is I'd like to say sorry for the last, well, not really sorry, but last week's episode, we had a lot to cover and I didn't know that we did an hour and 20 minutes until <laughs> after the episode, but, um, Thank you for hanging in there. I'd really be interested to see how many people actually listen to the entire thing. Yes. But um, that would show some dedication It on really y'all. would. But that means you really love us and you really love the Grishaverse, which is our type of listeners. And it would mean that we are entertaining. Hey, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. We do try. Actually, I don't know if we really try. We're being ourselves, so... That's probably the problem. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, we're just kind of like. <laughs> right. We... Yeah. Because we're best friends. So we just get on a tangent and we just talk. Well, that's what I was thinking about like last week after that happened. Like after we did that episode, I was like, I've got to stop thinking that like it's just me and Terry uh-huh. just having like our just normal weekly. like We're getting really <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> just because we're having fun talking about this stuff. But we also bring in like our lives uh-huh. and all that. But. Like in the middle of something, we're like, oh, hey, remember that time? <laughs> exactly. And yeah, we need to stop doing that. Well, but maybe every, all the listeners are enjoying the Kiki. Hopefully. 
I think so, because I think they are. So anyways, well, thank you all so much for hanging in there with us. Let's go ahead and get started. We actually had quite a bit that we read. Well, we read a lot of chapters. Some of them are really short. Yes. Which is good. So, um, but yeah, let's take it off. So we still are in that second part of the book called um, Servant and Lever, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, we're still in that. And yeah, Terry, take it away. So I am starting off with chapter 14, and I'm just going to put it out there that the three chapters that I read (laughs) and that I'm responsible for are very hefty. There's a lot of background memories and things like that. So Mm. um, stick with me, y'all. I'm I'm trying to explain it as succinctly as possible. How's that for a word? Girl, we got you. That's what we're here for. All right. So we know... Nina is tending to Inej on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks a little bit about the difference between heart renders and healers and why she's having a hard time. Um, healers learn the intricate work of healing wounds and heart renders are soldiers. Uh, killing takes decision and clarity and healing is more slow and deliberate. Yeah, I liked it when she talked about that. I thought that was really neat that we got to see like yes. kind of like an inside further into the corporalnik. Yeah, because they both they she said they both start together, and then they split off. Like they start learning about yeah. the body and things like that, but then they split off because you know one has to be more deadly and one has to be a little more Very, slow and steady. Yeah, it's just so interesting. Um, and her training had been shortened by the Civil War. If we remember Ooh. when everything broke out, they had to do something about the school children. Yeah. So she was one of those little kids. Love it. It's kind of fun, it. like, for everything to kind of come together like that. Yeah. So she had only had six months of training at that point. Wow. That is not a lot at all. Not at all. Oh, and you're about to get to a really exciting part. Ooh. <laughs> I think. Yes. I, yeah. Yes. So she's tucking Inej in after healing her the best she could, and she sees a really like rough part of her skin, and she realizes that's where the menagerie tattoo had been. Ah. So she, just out of curiosity, goes to look at the other arm, yeah. and she sees there's no dregs tattoo. Dun, dun, dun. What is up with that? Why ain't you got a dregs tattoo, girl? Mm-hmm. Are you the Lee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Nina starts to kind of, she's she's quieting down after healing her, and so she decides to, um, you know, sit back, and she starts thinking about things. We see that uh, she had been sent on her first mission really young, and that she was under the guidance of Zoya. Yes! Do we remember Zoya, y'all? Oh my God, <laughs> we do. She describes Zoya as powerful, gorgeous. And that Nina worshipped her. Love it. She was part, Zoya was part of the Grisha Triumvirate. And that is a Roman word for a group of three people that work together to increase their power and control a government. So basically it's three people that are in charge. And Zoya was one of them. And don't they, like I think in the, in Ruin and Rising, when we, the very last chapter or the chapter before that, like, I think they, they talked it like, we remember Alina kind of putting them together. Yes. Do Like, I don't, I'm. I should have gone back. I, well, no, I, I, it's playing in my head. I'm like, am I getting that confused with something else? But like, no, I, I think like we kind of see that, that like the triumvirate is like put together and it's 
I can't remember who it is. I know Zoya's <laughs> there, but well, we we hear from one other person here in a minute. Okay. Um. So that they were try the triumvirate were trying to save the Grisha from the Druskele, but also they sent people out on missions to find the Grisha that are like living in the shadows because they need soldiers. Because we remember our long yeah. list of people that we lost. Yeah. They're they're sending Grisha out to find others. Nina couldn't fight at that point because she hadn't had much training. So she was part of the missions. She knew a lot of languages. So that helped too because she could slip into taverns in different cities and she spoke their language. So she understood and she could eavesdrop for information. Yeah. One day mm. during an argument between Zoya and a living amplifier. Okay. So, yeah, let's discuss that. Yes. Do you think that's Darkling? Do I think it's the Darkling? Who did you think it was? I thought it was Mal. Oh, no. Because the Darkling's done. But when she was being... This was after the Civil oh, War. you're right. This is after the Civil War. This is after the Civil War. You're right. It could have been Mal. So, because it says the living amplifier, who was like every other amplifier, was more powerful dead than alive mm. and who worked like an amplifier was there to track to help track other grisha so in my uh, mind it's mal but it never says it doesn't who it is so if y'all have any other ideas in my head it's mal i actually have a question mark who is this yeah see my problem is is like i love the darkling so much and when <laughs> he's he died not dead. i keep like trying to like but yeah you're right Absolutely. Mm -hmm. this, this is after the Civil War, Eric. After he, yeah. after he burned it's it. It's not the Darkling. Okay, but that's a very interesting theory, too. Yeah. I didn't think about that. One. Yeah, they never say who it is. They just say the living amplifier. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, she does that, though. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of cool because you have, you have to use your brain. I know. So Zoya and the living amplifier are discussing Nina because uh, Zoya thinks that Nina is just too much. She's too loud and she's a little too crazy and hasty. Yeah. So Nina just runs away <laughs> and she finds herself right smack dab in a Druskela camp. Oh, poor thing. She uses her skills as ling for, for the languages and she's like, I'm lost. I've run away or I, I lost my family. Help me. Um, and it was a test, but one of them like lunged at her. And because she freaked, she used her powers. And that's what Zoya had been talking about, is that she wasn't trained enough yet to know that she sh that a girl that was lost would grab a knife <laughs> instead of using her powers. Exactly. You wouldn't put up your hands. Right. To, like, try to, like... <laughs> if you were just a girl. Yeah. Yeah. So they throw her in a rowboat mm. and put her on a ship with other captive Grisha. Their hands are all bound, obviously, to prevent them from using their powers. And through all this, I am imagining that the person that did that, that like captured her, right. is our lovely Matthias. Absolutely. I think you're right. So after a few days, a commanding officer named Jarl Brum. Can I correct you? Do you mind? No, please do. Jarl, Jarl Brum. Jarl Brum. Just because I, but that's what they do on the audio, so I don't know. Maybe well, we're gonna go with the audio book. Jarl Broom. But see, 
things are pronounced much differently in the Grisha verse. Well, we don't speak any kind of Russian. I don't. And these are like kind of Russian esque. Yeah. I like to add the esque. Esque. Um, because it's not Russian. Russian inspired. There you go. Yeah. Russian inspired. Yeah. Because it's definitely not Russian. Russian right. people would probably be absolutely infuriated with. I actually speak a little bit of Russian. Oh. Like Strasbourgie. Oh, well, there you go. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So this guy enters, and Nina remembers from her studies that he was the worst of all of them, um, that he made the Druskela more deadly under his watch. We learn that when they reach Fiorda, the Grisha will be interrogated and tried for their crimes. Mm-hmm. And they always ask, you know, what is my crime? There's 15 of them, and they're heading to the dot, 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 ice court. Dun, dun, dun. We keep hearing about this ice court. Wow. <laughs> um, she talks to the uh, that one guy again, which I'm assuming is Matthias. And I think yeah. later on the book, I realized that it actually is Matthias. Um, and he says that the crime is espionage and crimes against the people. Basically, it's like a winch hunt. Yeah, because it's horrible. I mean, your your crime is against the people. Like, what a, what is the crime? Like, if your crime is just being who you are yeah yes it's exactly that's exactly what it is the way you were born yep that was your crime (laughs) yes (laughs) how dare you be born like that go into the ice court (laughs) get in the cell (laughs) she's trying to um you know keep him talking and she's like can i have water please and she he, he does give her water and she accidentally spills it on her blouse um oops oops which they describe how nasty everything is, so I can't imagine this being very sexy anyway. Because <laughs> <know>, like, right? <laughs> they they talk about how like there's no place to use the restroom. Yeah. So they're just like going on themselves, especially because they're all bound to anyway. Gross. Um, well, you're right because you just like <laughs> whatever like va- I know this is disgusting, but like yeah. whatever's dried, you just there's like grime and whatever's on you is now like. No, but I guess for boys. Who are raised basically as monks? Because remember, we found that out last time that they're yeah. raised basically like monks. That would be a lot to them. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, to them. Like, oh gosh. Yeah. So he gets all embarrassed, and mm. she uses it to her advantage. And I think this is kind of the beginning of their wonky relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah, because absolutely of the way that he was raised. Yeah. And the way that she is. I think that that kind of starts their back and forth. Um, so he's all, I don't know, embarrassed. And he just walks out and leaves the tin cup. And she says, it's foreshadowing, I guess, that she used it to her advantage when things went down. She woke up from all this remembering and Matthias is standing in the room. And he's all cleaned up and shaven and looking sexy. Ooh, <laughs> and Matthias. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it's, Yeah. So they start out with their usual back and forth of, you know, blah. Um, and he asks about the white rose because they were talking about how to get in. And she shows him her tattoo of the white rose. And that, my friends, <gasps> is taking us into our first scene. To scene one. That's like, very exciting. So Terry's going to be playing Nina and I will be playing Matthias. So here we go. Curtain
You chose to work there? Chose is a bit of a stretch, but yes. Why? Why would you remain in Kirch? She rubbed her eyes. I couldn't leave you in Hellgate. You put me in Hellgate. It was a mistake, Matthias. Rage ignited in his eyes, the calm veneer dropping away. A mistake? A sa I saved your life, and you accused me of being a slaver? Yes, Nina said. And I've spent most of this year trying to find a way to set things right. Has a true word ever left your lips? She sagged back wearily in her chair. I've never lied to you. I never will. The first words you said to me were a lie. Spoken in Kalish, as I recall? Spoken right before you captured me and stuffed me in a cage. Was that the time for speaking truths? I shouldn't blame you. You can't help yourself. It's your nature to dissemble. He peered at her neck. Your bruises are gone. I removed them. Does that bother you? Matthias said nothing, but she saw a glimmer of shame move over his face. Matthias had always fought his own decency. To become a Druskela, he'd had to kill the good things inside him. But the boy he should have been was always there, and she'd begun to see the truth of him in the days they'd spent together after the shipwreck. She wanted to believe that boy was still there, locked away, despite her betrayal and whatever he'd endured at Hellgate. Looking at him now, she, wouldn't, she couldn't be sure. Maybe this was the truth of him, and the image she'd held on to this last year had been an illusion. I need to see Tuanej, she said, eager to have him gone. He didn't leave. Instead, he said, Did you think of me at all, Nina? Did I trouble your sleep? She shrugged. A corporalnik can sleep whenever she likes, though she couldn't control her dreams. Sleep is a luxury at Hellgate. It's a danger. But when I slept, I dreamt of you. Her head snapped up. That's right, he said. Every time I closed my eyes. What happened in the dreams, she asked, eager for an answer, but fearing it too. Horrible things, the worst kind of torture. You drowned me slowly. You burned my heart from my chest. You blinded me. I was a monster. A monster, a maiden, a sylph of the ice. You kissed me, whispered stories in my ear. You sang to me and held me as I slept. Your laugh chased me into waking. You always hated my laugh. I loved your laugh, Nina, and your fierce warrior's heart. I might have loved you, too. Might have. Once. Before she betrayed him. Those words carved an ache into her chest. She knew she shouldn't speak, but she couldn't help herself. And what did you do, Matthias? What did you do to me in your dreams? The ship listed gently. The lantern swayed. His eyes were blue fire. Everything, he said as he turned to go. Everything. Oh. End scene. Oh. It's a lot. It is a lot. Okay, so we <laughs> learn. <laughs> Sorry, I love the end where he's like, everything. Um, we learned that there was a shipwreck. Yeah. That's all we know. Yeah. But after all that stuff, they were on the ship going to this place. Um, there was a shipwreck. That's all we That's where we are with that. Um, and we know that Matthias actually has feelings for has her. feelings for her. Yeah, and this is like because they, they've gone back and forth so hard at each other, and this is kind of the softening of it. And so I just I really liked that. I know it was a really good scene, and, and that ends the chapter. See, I and everybody think I I told you're gonna love Matthias. I'm telling you, he's gonna he's gonna he comes into your life, and he's just amazing. I just love him. <laughs> so far, it's not my type, but we'll say. I know. Is he but, everybody's type? Is that what you're trying to say? 
I don't think he's everybody's type. <laughs> but he's not like when you first met him and didn't know what to think of him. And it's like, who is this person? But um, yes. Speaking of Matthias. Yeah. So that leads us into chapter 15, which is Matthias. So here we go. Matthias is not having a good time on this boat. <laughs> nope. Him and Wyland are just getting seasick a lot. Um, so Matthias thinks about how at least Nina isn't up on the deck to see him vomiting so much. So he's concerned about his appearance to her right now. Of course. Um, his brain keeps taking him back to his conversation with Nina about apologizing for having him branded as a slaver and thrown into Hell's, Hellgate. I always call that Hell's Gate, right? And I, I, it's supposed to be Hellgate, right? Yeah, it's but my Hell. brain kind of does that too. I don't know. Yeah, like, S. I don't really know why. I don't know if it's Hell's if Gate. there's something else that's reminding me. I don't know, but I okay. do the same thing. And it's also confusing because it's Hellgate <laughs> and Hellvar. Oh, yeah. His last name. <laughs> well, like last week when I was like Per Haskell and Pekka Rollins. It's, yeah. There's a lot of. Your brain just kind of. Yeah, it kind of turns into mush. So anyways, yes. Thrown into hell, Hellgate. It was a mistake, she said, and had tried to make things right. And we just kind of heard about that in our last scene. Um, he quickly thinks, how how does that even matter now? Um, and starts in on his like anti, anti-Grisha antics. Kaz motions for Matthias to come over where he is. Um, he's with Jesper and Wyland. Um, and Wyland is, I'm sorry, Jesper's hovering over Wyland, actually, as he, and they're looking over the drawings of the ice court. Um, Kaz points out that none of these buildings um, have any names on them and that they needed them. I think that'd be an important part of the map. So, I mean, that will help. He then passes out small little pills and tells them it's one of <laughs> Roski's newest inventions. You put it in between the back of your teeth, but don't bite down on it. <laughs> so then, of course, what happens? We've got <laughs> Wyland doesn't listen. Because um, he's a little newbie. He is. Matthias asks what it is, and Kaz tells them, Baleen, and this is a quote, I'd planned to save these, but after that ambush, I don't know what kind of trouble we may run into on the open sea. If you go over and can't come up for air, wiggle it free and bite down. It will buy you ten minutes of breathing time. Less if you panic, he said with a meaningful look at Wyland. He gave the boy another piece of baleen. Be careful with that one, end quote. So, I think that's neat. There's like... I don't know, these inventions, there's like, I just love magic everywhere. And like this little <laughs> pill that can give you 10 minutes of breathing air. That's cool. <laughs> In my brain, it took me back to Sonic, like the game Sonic when they really? go underwater. Okay. And <laughs> it starts going. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. And then you have to like go find the bubble and it goes. Burp, burp. Wow. I don't know why my brain does those things, but that's where it went. But it also went to, um, did they get um, a Grisha? Uh, Tyrion that could do that. Oh yeah, well those are. I, it took. Oh me no, it was Ross Roski. But we don't know who Roski is. Maybe he is. <gasps> That's true. I don't mm -hmm. know who that is. So that took me back to those Harry Potter fans. It made <laughs> me think of the Goblet of Fire. Um, not that we, just that you know he kind of had that seaweed stuff or whatever, whatever, whatever it was that he was able to go and do the second challenge. Um. Anyways, that was neat. Um, <laughs> we're not discussing Harry Potter, though. Um, but sorry. our brains do weird things. They do. 
So Matthias then starts writing down the different names of the buildings on the map. He feels very guilty for doing it and starts to think about a way to get back into the Druskelas and his country's good graces by possibly turning them all in when they get there. Um, he then realizes that no one is going to remember him because they all think he's been dead for a while. Um, yeah, so... Kaz can tell he's getting a little distracted. I guess he's just watching as Matthias is writing these names down, but he can tell he's getting distracted um, and politely, I don't know politely, but he like reminds Matthias like, look, we got a deal. Do this math. Mm -hmm. Come on. Like put those details in that we know, you know. Um, so Matthias then um, says, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I need to go back. Kaz comments that he doesn't even know his plan like i mean blah, blah, blah. i'm my words are getting jumbled okay got this here we go <laughs> matthias tells kaz that he doesn't really understand his plan and kaz is like well you don't even know my plan so how can you tell me you don't understand my plan so here's a quote matthias says this it starts out it's a little bit of conversation but not long enough for a scene in through the prison out through the embassy as a start it can't be done. The prison sector is completely isolated from the rest of the ice court. It isn't connected to the embassy. There's no way to reach it from there. It has a roof, doesn't it? You can't get to the roof, Matthias said with satisfaction. The Druskela spent three months working with Grisha prisoners and guards as part of our training. I've been in the prison, and there's no access to the roof for exactly that reason. If someone manages to get out of his cell, we don't want him running around the ice court. The prison is totally sealed off from the other two sectors in the outer circle. Once you're in, you're in, end quote. So the reason I put that in there, just because we've got these really significant details of finding out more about really what we're about to go into. This heist is really like, obviously, we're reading a book about a heist. So it's important to have those details and knowing that, I mean, you know, I mean, Matthias has been there, so he's got a lot of information, but Matthias just doesn't, I don't think, understand how Kaz is, and Kaz can really figure his way in and out of things. He, right. As long as he And just, he doesn't give everything away either. Oh, no. And we know that, mm -hmm. yeah, from a couple weeks ago, whenever we did that, when they got ambushed. I mean, yeah. the fact that he held back, like, that he had the decoy ship. Everything we've done up to this point, Kaz has held something back. Yeah, he gives you, he, it's not like he's lying to you, but he gives you just half the information. Right. So Enough, just enough. Exactly. <laughs> Kaz then points out there are five floors, four with cells, and the other as the processing era, area. He asks Matthias by pointing to a specific part of the prison sector. He's pointing at the map and asks him, what's here in the basement? Matthias tells him it's a laundry room and an incinerator. Matthias thinks he knows um, Kaz's plan now, which is for them to climb up and out through the incinerator. Well, just as it happens, Nina seen, um, then is coming up on deck and says how Kaz doesn't mean for them all to climb up, but this plan is just for Inej, which makes sense. She's the spider. Mm -hmm. So Nina reminds him that Inej might not make it through the night. Kaz says with a certainty that she will. He is going to make it. Um, Jesper brings up that they actually have a bigger problem going after something that Pekka Rollins wants. So that's more like, it's just this Pekka Rollins guy. Yep. We don't know enough about him. 
but we know he's somebody to fear. He keeps coming up negatively. Yes. And in in the barrel, if you keep coming up negatively. Oh, yeah. Mm, wow. Yeah, that's Already valid. surrounded <laughs> with that many people. <laughs> yeah. Matthias asks who Pecker Rollins is, and Wyland replies that he is one of the biggest and worst mob bosses of the barrel. There you go. Mm-hmm. Kaz shrugs it off, saying that they are making him bigger than he really is. But Matthias can tell that there is something Kaz is not saying. He gets a feeling of some. He puts. He says he gets a feeling of old wounds. Oh yeah. And yeah. There is that. So. Jesper thinks that Per Haskell isn't going to back them if he finds out that they have crossed Pekka Rollins. So they start discussing if the direction they are going still makes sense since they know that Pekka Rollins is ahead of them. Kaz kind of finally shuts down this conversation and says, you know what, we're making the decision is made. We are not making any changes to this course. We're just going to enter through Fjorda from the north as we planned. So... Here's one last quote. Jesper knocked his head against the hole and cast his eyes heavenward. Fine, but if Pekka Rollins kills us all, I'm going to get Wyland's ghost to teach my ghost how to play the flute just so that I can annoy the hell out of your ghost. Beck Brecker's lips quirked. I'll just hire Matthias's ghost to kick your ghost's ass. My ghost won't associate with your ghost, Matthias said primly, and then wondered if the sea air was rotting his brain. End quote. The only reason I put that in there is just because it's the first time you see Matthias kind Uh of joining in on... He got drawn into that. That was cute. Yeah, which is awesome. So (laughs) I just love that. So as we end that chapter, that actually brings us into the third part of the book, which is called Heart Sick. Which is... That word, mm-hmm. the secret word. Yep. Seshway. 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 Go, girl. Yeah. Look at Seshway my brain. Seshway that way. Seshway, Seshway that walk. Mm-hmm. Seshway you stay. Yeah. So <laughs> go on into chapter 16, girl. All right. We have Inej. Mm-hmm. And again, we've got more background, so stick with me, y'all. We got it. <laughs> Inej wakes up, obviously in pain. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. Can't even imagine. She says Nina's name, who wakes up and runs over there. Oh, my goodness. Nina's probably relieved that she's alive. even did anything. (laughs) Well, yeah, it worked. (laughs) I did a thing. Thank God. Um, Nina kind of fills Inej in about what happened, Pekka Rollins and all the death, um, then tells her to rest. And Inej is not having it. She doesn't want to rest. She wants to talk. I think both of them mentioned something about uh, not liking to be on a boat. Okay. Um, Nina asks her about the missing drugs tattoo. And and Inej explains that Kaz had said it was her choice, that he wasn't going to be the one to mark her again uh, after having the menagerie tattoo literally just cut out of her skin. That's so sweet. It is sweet. (laughs) And it's kind of like the first, I guess... Inkling. Moment between the two of them. Yeah. Because that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Cass had also given her her first knife, which she named St. Peter. Saint Peter. And he had been the one to give her the nickname of Wraith. She asked, why not Spider? Because that's what she is. And he's like, Psh, there's plenty of those. Wraith or phantoms. And you want them people, you want people to fear you. And Wraith is basically phantom 
she asked Nina to talk so that she can change the subject. She doesn't want to talk about the tattoos and all that anymore. Um, and she, she said, sing to me. So Nina has mm. a terrible singing voice. And uh, they just keep, she keeps singing anyway, just to kind of bring them back to the present so that they don't start drifting off about boats. It doesn't work. And as his <laughs> brain starts drifting off, she starts remembering when she was 14, mm-hmm. her family was in a carnivore, a carniv- carnival, not a carnivore. Not they a were car- not inside a carnivore. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say carnival and coast at the same Girl, time, and it just went about blah, it. Blah. I'm the same way with my words tonight. I don't know <laughs> what is going on. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. brain's mush. They were working in a carnival on the coast of West Ravka. And in my brain, the way that it was described, I'm thinking of those gypsy wagons. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Super cute. Um, she was sleeping in one day, being lazy, and a man just was there and grabbed her by the feet, banged her head on the ground. There were four men total. They gagged her, bound her hands and wrists, and threw her on a boat. Horrible. Does that sound familiar? She was put in a cargo hold with other children, mostly girls. There were a few boys, and she was the only Suli. And we've already heard about Suli skin and how it's different. It's darker and smooth. And talking with all of them, she learned that they had all been grabbed in the same manner that they've just been taken. And they believe that they're going to the Kirch's outer islands to be auctioned off hmm. to private owners or pleasure houses in Ketterdam and Novi Azim. She thought that was illegal, but apparently it's still happening. It probably is illegal. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. It's I, happening anyway. It is. This is a rough world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she actually never was auctioned off. She was presented to a woman who we can kind of guess who that is, mm-hmm. Tanta Halin. Yeah. Um, but she was presented to this woman with her like blouse open and skirt pulled up to her waist, and this woman's just like grabbing at her and then like just bartered with the sailors. And during all this, Inej is like thinking about jumping into the cove, but she just can't oh, muster yeah. the courage. She just can't get herself to do that. And she starts pulling herself out of this memory thinking about how different she is now than she was then. And yeah. she starts thinking, well, would I have jumped? You know, now, like the person that I am, surely I would have, like, jumped now. But then she thinks about how freaked out she was when she saw Tanta Helene. And we all do that. Oh, we all absolutely. move on past things. Mm-hmm. But there's always these triggers that yeah. just touch a sensitive part of us. So we can totally relate to Inej in this. Absolutely. That always happens. Oh, yes. To every person. Um, so to really pull herself out, she asked Nina to learn the chorus of the song. <laughs> and apparently they sing all night long until the lantern burns out. Which is cute. It is cute. I, want, I actually kind of want to hear Nina's singing voice at this point now. Oh, yeah. And well, that's the end of the chapter, y'all. Okay. So that brings us into chapter 17, which is Jesper. So, uh I love Jesper. Um, I love all of them. I say that to everybody. I don't think we hear enough from Jesper. Not yet, but I think we will. I know we will. (laughs) (laughs) You know better than do. Jesper's ready to jump overboard from boredom. He's just that antsy type. He's just kind of like, I guess he's kind of like me in a little bit. Yeah, he's ready to jump overboard. (laughs) Um, They have... 
they've only they've got to travel on boat for six more days now and they pass through into Fjordan waters easily jesper has found a lot of an enjoyment in annoying wyland which i think is just really fun um wyland is laboring over his drawing still the ice court kaz is very impressed by them though and ends up giving wyland a compliment but wyland does not like it at first he doesn't want to be told that he is fit he doesn't want to feel like he's fitting in among these criminals Mm mm-hmm so that is going to bring us right into our second and last scene for the evening where Terry's going to be playing Jesper and I, Eric, will be playing Wyland. So here we go. Curtain up. Jesper sat next to Wyland. Just learn to take a compliment. Kaz doesn't hand them out often. It's not a compliment. I'm nothing like him. I don't belong here. No arguments from me. And you don't belong here either. I beg your pardon, Mertling? You don't need... We didn't... We don't need a sharpshooter for Kaz's plan. So what's your job? Other than stalking around making everyone antsy? He shrugged. Kaz trusts me. Wyland snorted and picked up his pen. Sure about that? Jesper shifted uncomfortably. Of course he wasn't sure about it. He'd spent far too much of his time guessing at Kaz Brecker's thoughts. And if he had earned some small part of Kaz's trust, didn't he deserve it? He tapped his thumbs against his revolvers and said, When the bullets start flying, you may find I'm nice to have around. Those pretty pictures aren't going to keep you alive. We need these plans, and in case you've forgotten, one of my flash bombs helped get us out of the Ketterdam Harbor. Jesper blew out a breath. Brilliant strategy. It worked, didn't it? You blinded our guys right along with the black tips. It was a calculated risk. It was a cross your fingers and hope for the best. Believe me, I know the difference. So I've heard. Meaning? Meaning everyone knows you can't keep away from a fight or a wager, no matter the odds. Jesper squinted up at the sails. If you aren't born with every advantage, you learn to take your chances. I wasn't. Wyland left off and set down his pen. Why do you think you know everything about me? I know plenty, Merchling. How nice for you. I feel like I'll never know enough. About what? About anything, Wyland muttered. Against his better judgment, Jesper was intrigued. Like what? He pressed. Well, like like those guns, he said, gesturing to Jesper's revolvers. They have an unusual firing mechanism, don't they? If I could take them apart, Don't even think about it. Wyland shrugged. Or what about the ice moat, he said, tapping the plan of the ice court. Matthias had said the moat wasn't solid, only a slick, wafer-thin layer of ice over frigid water, thoroughly exposed and impossible to cross. What about it? Where does all the water come from? The court is on a hill, so where's the aquifer, the aqueduct, to bring the water up? Does it matter? There's a bridge. We don't need to cross the ice moat. But aren't you curious? Saints know. Get me a system for winning at three-man bramble or mocker's wheel. That I'm curious about. Wyland had turned back to his work, his disappointment obvious. For some reason, Jesper felt a little disappointed too. Oh, I like that scene. Um, they're like, I don't know, they're kind of getting to be kind of like brothers. Yep, they're getting to know each other. So Jesper had been worried about Inej and 
had, I guess, been checking on her every morning and every night. He was scared she was going to die till one morning he finds Nina trying to put Inez's slippers on while they're up on that top deck. That's just called top deck, right? Is there another word that I'm like not? I feel like it's just, yeah, it's top deck, right? Yeah, because when you go down like underneath, it's just I feel like there's other words. I just can't. I there's don't know. like very specific Probably. boat words, but we're not sailors. So, we, ooh, sailor. <laughs> Um, Inej wants to help put her shoes, um, Inej wants to help put her shoes on, but, um, Nina orders her to stop because obviously that's a little too much moving for someone that just kind of has gotten healed and things like that. Don't bend over. Yeah. Don't bend over. Don't, um, move abruptly. None of that. And Nina's probably also a little worried about her work. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Because we don't know how well she did. I mean, she tried as hard as she could. God, she was sweating it. So Inej says when she has enough strength, her first words are going to be asking Nina where she stashed her knives. Uh, Nina realizes that her first words better be more along the lines, thank you for saving my life. (laughs) Uh, So this is really cute. Inej actually takes Nina's face in between her hands and says this, quote, Thank you for keeping me in this world. When fate seemed determined to drag me to the next, I owe you a life debt. Nina blushed deeply. I was teasing, Inej. She paused. I think we've both had enough of debts. This is one I'm glad to bear. Okay, okay. When we're back in Ketterdam, take Mary out for waffles. End quote. (laughs) Love, Nina. Yes. She just wants some waffles. She loves her waffles. She's my waffle queen. (laughs) Hmm. I love waffles. I don't even know the last time I had a waffle no. or a pancake. Nope. Oh, God. See, I'm not a syrup kind of person, are you? When I have a waffle or a pancake, it's got to be smothered in really? syrup. And that's why I don't ever eat them <laughs> because it's like three days worth of calories. See, I smother mine in butter. Oh, yes. You've it has have to have butter and just all kinds of syrup. See, I don't do any syrup. I just do straight up butter and it's got to be not melted. even like the flavored syrups that like really, IHOP. Those are good. <laughs> like the, the blueberry, blueberry. <laughs> and the, even the pecan one. Like I didn't like Whatever. it when I was younger and now that I'm older, mm. I'm like, mmm, butter pecans. Oh my God. IHOP came out with um, cheesecake pancakes, which has like chunks of cheesecake in them. They're and delicious. Somebody on this <laughs> podcast loves cheesecake. Uh, and it's not me. It is me. <laughs> I love cheesecake. It is my absolute favorite dessert in the entire world. I will, if I am full to the brim and eating cheesecake, then, um, and there's still a piece there, I will eat it. You have to eat it till it's all gone because your brain it doesn't, won't stop like thinking about it if there's anything left. So you just have to like decimate it so that it's uh, just done. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can't stop. I love cheesecake. Cheesecake. You're so cute. Ugh. Well, if you want a good cheesecake, and we'll get off this topic, since we were talking about waffles for Nina. <laughs> I so, I mean, that's what she likes. So yes. I would I would have someone take me out and cut her down for cheesecake. It's just a plain cheesecake from Publix. If you want uh, to pick pick one up. Um, y'all, in the, y'all in the south of yeah. the U.S. Go to Publix. They are good. Otherwise, New York-style cheesecake. The way to do it. <laughs> Ugh, I could talk about cheesecake for so long. <laughs> Yes, I the know. one that I don't understand is the red velvet cheesecake because red velvet cake is pretty much cream cheese frosting with like cocoa stuff, like for the like inside, even though it's red. 
Yeah, well, red velvet is just chocolate. So And the red dye adds like a little bit of flavor. But red velvet cake is chocolate cake. Okay, so the fun... With cheesecake frosting. Yeah, and see, that's the main thing I think about. Whenever uh-huh. I think of like red velvet, I just <laughs> think of the cream cheese frosting. That's all I think about. So I'm like, they come, they came out with red velvet cheesecake. And I'm like, isn't that just cheesecake? Because I mean, I don't understand what flavor they're putting in there. Yeah. Like chocolate, maybe a little chocolate. I don't know. I don't either. But I've always wanted to say that and see if anybody responded. <laughs> Has anybody else been confused by red velvet cheesecake? <laughs> if anybody out there knows what the difference is, because I mean, I know they're trying to make it seem like there's a difference, but I don't think there is. On a cheat day, you should go to Dunkin' Donuts and have a red velvet donut. I've seen those. It has a giant dollop of cheesecake on the top uh, of it. <laughs> sounds delicious. Okay, I've got to get back into the Greek traverse and stop talking about uh, cheesecake and waffles. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Does it? Well, the cheesecake pancakes are really good, and the waffle is just another, like, oh. shape. True. The I same mean, right? batter, basically, right? Yeah. I'd hope so. <laughs> I'd hope that a waffle and... <laughs> I mean, I guess they could have different recipes. I mean, waffles are more fun. Yeah. I My dad used to always make M&M pancakes when I was younger. Oh. Yeah. I just remember the... Like, I always liked it because I remember when the... Nope, I'm not going to say that. I was about to reveal my age. I was about to say, I remember when. <laughs> nope. And nope. We're not doing that on this We're podcast. We're going back to the Grishaverse right now. <laughs> so, Inej takes Jesper's arm, and he helps her to the top deck for some air. Nina commands that Inej can have two turns around the deck, um, and then she needs to get back to bed. Nina then goes and sits with Wylan, just, which, is, which is funny because it's on the opposite end of the ship from where Matthias is, and they notice that. So another thing that's happening right now is Cash is watching Inej and Jesper like a hawk. He really is just, um, just staring at Inej, not really Jesper. Everyone on the ship is excited to see the Wraith. Even Matthias tells um, her thank you because he heard she was the reason that they had survived. And Inej is a little overcome by all this because she doesn't get a lot of admiration or attention. She usually hangs out with Kaz, so he's not really a person, like, there's and not a lot of compliments. And most of what she does during missions is hidden. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, you got to think, like, if someone just hangs out with Kaz, like, I mean, we see a lot of him, but we see him with other people, and it seems like the main events. Like, what if you actually were just hanging out with Kaz while he's, like, trying to, like, relax? Like, what kind of conversations would you have? Like, what kind of TV show would he be into? <laughs> like, what is... He just... I don't think he would be, like, that, like... I don't know. He's such a hard character. Yeah. I feel like she gets to see those, mm-hmm. that side of him. And we just don't know that much about that. But that is a good question. What TV shows <laughs> would Kaz Brecker like? Huh. I don't... Think. I don't even know. I don't even Documentaries, probably... Something without a lot of emotion to it. Yeah, or like some heavy fighting. Maybe he, he might be in Game of Thrones, like into Game of Thrones. He could be. Maybe. He could be. He could really be into the Last Kingdom and the Viking stuff. I bet that would, he would love that because there's like lots of blood and gore and like um, fighting strategies. Yeah. Huh. That might be a good topic for another time. Yeah. Okay. Putting TV shows to the characters. Well, <laughs> what would they watch? You know, yeah, I mean, if they had a TV, fun. it'd be cool to have a TV on that boat, I bet. Jesper wouldn't be as bored as he is right now. If y'all want to cash in on this, 
Yeah. Well, go to our socials and let us know what you think Kaz would watch. I am. Um, yeah. Start that conversation. I like it. Yeah. It's fun. So we're going to keep going on. So anyways, um, so Kaz is not watching TV. Um, <laughs> she, um, she, I'm talking about Inej. In, Inej admits to Jesper that she never felt like she really fit in with the dregs. And he says, quote, we're a crew with limited interest and you don't gamble, swear, or drink to excess. But here's the secret to popularity. Risk, d- risk death to save your <clears throat> compatriot from being blown to bits in an ambush. Great way to make friends. End quote. Sorry about that, guys. I was having a little moment. <laughs> couldn't, like, I felt like I had a hairball, and I couldn't even spit it out. So... Pretty much Jesper just told Inej, like, you know, I know you feel like you don't belong, but you really kind of do. And you've done all the things that you need, which is helping save our lives. So don't feel that way. Inej asks if Kaz came to see her while she was out, and he tries to lie and say that he came every day, but she sees right through that. Because well, yeah. she knows. Yeah. Jesper expresses that he thinks it was really hard for Kaz to see Inej like that, and she tells him, quote, Of course he did. This is a six-person job, and apparently he needs me to scale an incinerator shaft. If I die, the plan falls apart, end quote. Which is, I'm glad Inej understands that. I mean, she really, she knows Kaz. I mean, mm-hmm. and she's a really big part of this. So I guess she knew about the incinerator, probably. Or did she? Cause I think what, she just guessed. You think she guessed? Yeah. Because they, they had been talking about the plan. Okay. Yeah. And she probably assumed, you know, in her other duties, that that's well, yeah, similar to what she stuff. would be doing. So She always climbs, yeah. She's got to jump around, sneak up on people, <laughs> kill everybody. Climb. Jesper asks Inej about the feud between Wyland and his father, Van Eck, and Inej tells him that three months ago, Wyland showed up at the, on the slat um, with a different surname. He didn't get kicked out because his father still writes him every week. So they're just trying to figure out, she's trying to figure out more, I'm sorry, he is trying to figure out more about Wyland. Um, he's, he's curious. Um, so... Inej says, they just said the same thing again and again, talking about the notes. If you're reading this, then you know how much I wish to ha- uh, know how much I wish to have you come you home. Or I pray that you read these words and think of all you've left behind. So obviously his father didn't kick him out, didn't want him to leave, and wants him home. So still a question of why Wylan is mm-hmm. there and came to the barrel. Inej then changes the conversation and asks Jesper why he decided to come on this heist. She reminds him how much he loves to gamble and that he is really good at making bets and that this heist seems like a huge, has a huge opportunity for failure. Why make such a bet with such high stakes? He tells Inej that he's in really bad debt. He borrowed money from the wrong people and took a loan out from his family in Novia Zem, whose far- farm just got started making to just got started to like turn a profit. Jesper told his family also that he needed the money for the university, revealing that I guess he told his family he was a student. <laughs> so that's interesting. Can imagine what kind of student Jesper would be. 
Yeah, what would he study? What would he study? Uh, <laughs> There's another question. It is. It's going to really get in <laughs> Agriculture. Mm, yes. Since farming. Absolutely. So he tells Inej, and here's a quote, that's why I came to Ketterdam. My first week in the city, I went down to East Dave with some other students. I put a few Krug on the table. It was a whim. I didn't even know the rules of Mocker's Wheel. But when the dealer gave the wheel a spin, I'd never heard a more beautiful sound. I won, and I kept winning. It was the best night of my life. And you've been chasing it ever since? He nodded. I should have stayed in the library. I won. I lost. I lost some more. I needed money, so I started taking on work with the gangs. Two guys jumped me in an alley one night. Kaz took them down, and we started doing jobs together. So we kind of learn about how Kaz and Jesper get together a little bit. Yeah, and that's what happens when uh, you start gambling. You get that high. Yeah, or you, or that's what happens when you don't go to school. <laughs> <laughs> stay in school, folks. Yes, stay in school. Inej then hopes, um, I'm sorry, Inej then asks, um, what are we doing here? Um, asking about her and both Jesper, why are they in this heist? And here's this last quote, and this ends out the chapter for me. Hoping for honey, I guess, and praying not to get stung. Inej bumped her shoulder against his. Then at least we're both the same kind of stupid. I don't know what your excuse is, Rafe. I'm the one who can never walk away from a bad hand. She looped her arm in his. That makes you a rotten gambler, Jesper, but an excellent friend. You're too good for him, you know. I know. So are you. End quote. So that was really interesting, just because, I mean, they both are talking about both being good, too good for Kaz. Mm-hmm. They're both loyal to him. They are. So I Despite just... the way that he treats them. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it. That's it for chapter 17. So let's move on into chapter 18, girl. Which is heavy. Is it heavy? It's heavy. There oh, is, yes. Um, it is it heavy, is heavy, girl. So right. it's Kaz. And uh, we've got, again, we've got a lot going on. And I tried to condense it down for y'all. So let's try. Mm-hmm. He, after two days, talks to Inej. They talk about the plan for her to climb the chimney, and she says her biggest concern is having only one way out. Okay. She also asks if he trusts Specht. I think you're right. Kaz says <laughs> the Navy threw him out for insubordination, refused him his pension, and Kaz got him the money. Okay. So now... Cat or Spec owes him, and he's also useful because he knows the Navy's routes, so that helps with getting there on the ship without running into the Navy. Well, is don't. what I was thinking. Um, but also, we see that Kaz—that's kind of what he does—is he he helps people like get out of certain situations. Yeah, he does, and a lot of it is for his own good. It's always got a side that helps. Yes. Him. Yep. She. Inej tells him that she's noticed that he is gunning for Pekka Rollins. Surprisingly, he tells her it's personal because he killed his brother. Okay. And I say surprisingly because Kaz does not talk about personal things. No. And he just easily told her this. It's kind of a tender moment for them. Yeah. We can see Kaz um, kind of holding his true feelings back. 
during this conversation. And Inej, we can see that she wants to console him, but she doesn't. They're sitting close together and their shoulders are almost touching. Ooh. And in his brain, he's thinking that it doesn't really bother him. And he's actually wondering what would happen if they got a little closer. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Cal. They're scooting over. Ooh. Um, that's cute. Mm-hmm. He asked what she wants. And she says to leave Ketterdam. And I think it kind of hit him a little bit. Yeah. But he thinks to himself that it would be good to be rid of the distraction. So he could focus more on what he wants to focus on and not be thinking about poor Inej. Yeah. He leaves her upset with himself for being so vulnerable and convinces himself that it's just the routine that he misses with her and not actually her. Wow. Since she's been down, that he's like, because she used to feed the crows. Yeah. Um. So he misses the, the, the routine. He says, not really. He her. says. He yeah. says. Yeah. Um. And it starts making him remember the past. So here's where we get this fun little bit. Yes. So his father had been crushed by a plow, and Jordy sold the farm. Kaz was nine when all this happened, and he was obsessed with magic. In particular, he was obsessed with the magician's missing coin, like when he does a little disappearing coin. Um, And he was raised by Jordy. Jordy was looking for a job, finally got a lead as a runner for an office outside the exchange because he couldn't find a job within the exchange. Do you remember how when we first... When we first started this book, the very first chapter goes into detail about the exchange. That's where that brawl went. That very big. I just, I didn't realize that until this time I read it. Yep. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's kind of a neat little like picture. Because I just remember reading in detail. They went into detail about the way that building was designed. Mm -hmm. And I like actually, actually took all that in when I actually read it the second (laughs) time. And it was just kind of neat. So I just imagined that. Sorry to interrupt you. Nope. Please do. Mm. So <laughs> he had been looking for a job in the, inside the exchange. No luck. And this guy's finally like, hey, I'm going to go take this lead. And so he finally, he goes and finally gets the job as a runner. Things seem to be going really well. They have money. And even, but little Kaz, even as like a little little boy, he starts to think that things might be a little shady. Yes. And it's kind of like... In my brain, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of like buying and selling of stocks in a way, but it's like taking advantage of it. It's like, absolutely. It's like a corrupt kind of buying and selling. Yeah. So Jordy wants to invest in this once in a lifetime opportunity Mm. that comes up and um, get on in there, Trump Jr. (laughs) Mr. Hertzoon. Is like, no, dude, you don't want any part of this. It's big. It's a really big deal, and it's going to make us a ton of money, but you're too young. It's it's too big of a thing. Yeah. And um, Mr. Hertzoon finally agrees to let him after they go back and forth. Uh, he has a business partner come up and draw up a contract for Jordy. A loan. Contract for a loan. Okay. From Jordy. Because of his age, the plan is that Jordy would loan the money to Mr. Hertzoon, and then Hertzoon would make the trade on his behalf. Which already sounds... Shady. Yeah, because, I mean, 
when you're just, reading this. Just give me the money. <laughs> yeah, when you're reading, when you're learning, when you're reading about Mister Hertzoon and like his house, it's off of the Gel Geldstraat or whatever, like yeah. that huge, like the place where all the mansions are. Right. So. Yeah, but at this point, there's nothing really saying that Hertzoon is a bad guy. No. Like he seems really good up to this point. Absolutely. Uh, but then when there's like, yeah, just give me the money. That's what's just weird. So when it's done, Hertzoon walks them back, hugs them, and tells Jordy, um, you know, hey, don't call back on this loan. Right. And Jordy agrees. And he says the deal is the deal. Hertzoon invites them to the coffee house in one week to watch the prices rise together. We're going to make so much money. They spent the week happy. They bought new things. Yeah. Oh. They're just spending money because they're like, yes, we're, we're about to be get... so rich. Exactly. It's like me a day before my paycheck. I know. <laughs> Chris sometimes wants to kill me. When the taxes are coming in. Yeah, like, exactly. Yes. I can get that. I can buy all the Disney Planner stickers. <laughs> oh, oh, so many stickers. <laughs> so, so they are happily heading to the coffee house after a week. And they walk up and they notice everything seems off the front door is locked and bolted Ooh. everything inside is gone even the little chalkboard where they were discussing the trades yeah that's so sad they walk over to a neighbor's house and the maid tells them the Hertzoons had just been visiting the house had just been rented a few weeks ago they mm. sat for a long time on the stairs and Jordy's like, it's okay. It's all right. There was there was probably an accident. And and he'll he'll send for us. Yeah, that's it. Just holding on to hope. Poor thing. So they go back home and Kaz went to sleep that night, likening it to his magic trick that he loves once there and then gone. Oh. And that's the end. It it really ends on a sad note. It does. But but, We're starting to get into Kaz's background, which is really cool. We're like it's I mean, important. Well, we're at the point of the book where we have to remember. So, like, we were reading a trilogy where we knew all those people, yes, and we got used to them, the characters, all that stuff. Then we started this book, same world, but lots of char new characters thrown at you at once. And just I remember, I don't know, I, I remember just being like, oh my god, like who are all these people? Who's important? Who's not? It started off as a lot of action with a lot of characters, and now. We know the characters that we're dealing with, mm -hmm. and we're intrigued to even read and hear more about them. So, like, hearing about Kaz's story is just like, oh, I want more. But you know the way that Lee's writing is right now. She's, her next chapter isn't going to be Kaz. We're no. not going to get that for a little bit. We'll so. have to circle back. Exactly. But so. it's, you know, we know Kaz is this hardened guy, and he's talked about that he's a product of, of the barrel. But that's a lie. And so we're starting to get into, like, how he got to this, like, how that hardened happened. criminal guy. Yeah. And that's going to be a really cool journey. Yeah. Because, like, I promise you, like, it actually all makes sense. Like, for the first time in reading where, like, I totally, like, agree. I just, I related to it and agreed with it. And, like, oh, my God. That just <laughs> is really cool. Kaz is a really cool character. Um, love him. So that's. That's it. That's all of our reading. We did it. So, um, well. It's a I crazy place to like end off, but. Yeah. 
it is, but that's going to be exciting for next week. So I guess that's just leading us on into it. I guess it's it's that time, folks. It's that time. It is. It's time for... Uh... Greasecast News! And I'm sorry, guys, I hit the wrong button. Oh. I know, but I got it finally in the end. You did. I, I know. It's like everything's like just messed up this <laughs> evening. I don't know what's wrong. Our schedule's off. Yeah, I can't even read. 2020. I'm like reading my notes and I'm not even reading the right words. But <laughs> you know what? It is okay because it'll be fine. So King of Scars 2 has, uh, I think, kind of an official date based off of a tweet from Lee Bardugo, which is March of 2021. Mm, so Less than a year. Yeah, so that's exciting. That makes me think like, that's cool. That book's going to come out. It'll be cold. Well, no, not here. Well. Shit. <gasps> I'm sorry. <laughs> Beep. I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, I um, King of Scars 2 will come out when it winter had just ended pretty much for Tennessee. Well, it's cold now, and it's May, so. I know. I just. You I, never know. 2020 don't. is wackadoodle, so who even knows what's <laughs> <Right>. going <laughs> to happen? Who is. knows what's even going to happen? Yeah, so next bit of news, Archie, who is playing Mal in the upcoming Shadow and Bone series, is holding a Shadow and Bone talent competition, which is going to be live streaming actually tomorrow at 9 p.m. British time, and I found out that means it's 3 p.m. for us. Good detective work. I know. We totally should have submitted... Like a scene. We still can. I mean, you donate. <laughs> Should fi- do a scene. You donate five dollars to their GoFundMe page um, on his Twitter bio, and post a video hashtag Shadow and Bone Talent, and there will be Shadow and Bone prizes. Um, and then for every one hundred pounds that gets donated, he will have another Shadow and Bone cast member come on to the live stream to answer questions. There's going to be so many interesting things. There are. And I've seen some of the people doing, like, submitting their stuff, and they're all so talented. I wanted to ask you to sing. <laughs> but I mean... I don't think we need to hear that. Uh, but you've got <laughs> such a lovely voice. Well, thank you. I think we should have submitted a scene. Well, maybe we still have we, time. Because we, you know, our lovely scenes that we read. Well, you know, maybe we still have time. <laughs> maybe we can, like, crash course it, like, you know, after we're done recording this, real quickly, whip out a scene. No, I just on. hope we see some cosplay. Oh, there's going to. I'm be. really excited to see some cosplay. Yeah. And it's a perfect time for us. Come on. 3 p.m. tomorrow Absolutely. on a Sunday. Yep. That's amazing. Spend your Mother's Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> call your moms. Yeah. Call your moms and watch this. For those of us in the U.S., call your moms tomorrow or today. Yeah. Today. Sunday, the 10th. So the last little bit of uh, Grishcast news we got is Lee, Lee Bardugo's Insta kind of showed, I think, her listening to the score. It was kind of hinted at it. It was on her Instagram. So just we keep on getting these little bits and pieces of the mm-hmm. show. And I just can't wait. <laughs> can't. I'm, like, just ready for it. And don't worry, folks. We are going to be covering the show. Yeah, we are. It's going to be hardcore. So just... Once that comes out or we have a date, we'll let you know what our plan is. But don't worry. We'll be covering each and every episode while still doing this. And so being super excited about it. Yeah. Geeking out. 
there's no way i'm gonna watch the entire thing i'll probably have to take a day off like if it comes <laughs> well no it comes out on their new stuff usually netflix always lets things out on fridays so no i will have to i'll have to take that friday off because it will come out at midnight oh boy yeah you'll call me at like <laughs> <laughs> next day i'll be like i watched it all it's 9 a.m on friday mm-hmm. <laughs> got it done so anyways that's it for um Grishcast news that's all we got unless you had anything i don't no we got we, it's been a little slow since the filming stopped yeah which is yeah it's supposed to be though mm-hmm. we gotta keep things tight hold on to there so that's really it for it for us guys thank you so much for listening to this wackadoodle off <laughs> offbeat episode we're just i don't know i can't read my words but we still had fun we did that's all that matters and it i is. hope you guys did too yes and um yeah so thank you guys so much you guys come back and see us and um <laughs> we will be here we sure will Woohoo! <laughs> bye guys oh wait 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 <gasps> i was about to say totally take us out we have i was about to stop us before we talked about the chapters we're reading next week oh no i know i didn't scroll down far enough we're, next week we're doing chapters 19 through 21 so just three chapters but they're bigger chapters yes. it's actually going to be a total of like 62 pages i think <laughs> so anyways that is it thank you guys <laughs> so much for listening it's been a pleasure we'll see you next week this has been GrishaCast. connect with us on the web at grishacast.com send an email to info at grishacast.com follow us on instagram at grishacast twitter at grisha podcast and Facebook at GrishaCast.